Will Roe v. Wade really be overturned? What does that mean in practical terms? And how is a Christian to understand these issues? Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time, right here on American Family Radio. Well, our subject today is abortion and the Supreme Court. I want to read to you from Psalm 106. Psalm 106, beginning in verse 34, says this, They did not destroy the peoples. The they is Israel, God's people, when he brought them into the land. They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them, but they mingled with the nations and learned their practices, their evil pagan practices, and served their idols, which became a snare to them, They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. That's what was happening in ancient Israel as the the pagans... uh, and the pagan practices worked their way into the, uh, the worship of Yahweh, and they added in, as Solomon did, added in uh, the, the pagan practices that he, his many, many wives had, worshiping uh, uh, Molech, the god of the Ammonites, worshiping Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, and both of those gods required child sacrifice. We have been doing that for decades in America, sacrificing unborn babies upon the altar of convenience. We call it a woman's right to choose, but make no mistake, it's the altar of convenience. And uh, it is a detestable, uh, horrific, heinous practice and, and a terrible, terrible sin. And the land, our land, has been and is right now polluted with blood, and it's going to bring the judgment of God. We were all... Uh, just so pleasantly surprised with the the leak that came out that the Supreme Court is planning uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade. And so we're going to talk about that subject today, abortion and the Supreme Court. And with me to uh, to help us understand this is my friend, Dr. Richard Land. Dr. Land is President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary. He's the Executive Director of the Christian Post. Dr. Land is a well-respected commentator on issues related to religion and politics and history and culture, and he's the host of the two-minute daily radio program, Bringing Every Thought Captive. Dr. Land, welcome to Real Truth for today. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Okay, so tell me, when you heard the news yesterday, uh, what went through your mind? Well, I heard it actually um, uh, night before last. I was back from Charlotte, and someone called me and told me the news, and <coughs> I pulled off the freeway and just had a prayer of Thanksgiving. Um, I've been working for this day since 1973, when the Supreme Court made their decision in Roe v. Wade. Um, it's been an abomination, and it's brought judgment on our country. It, it will bring further judgment if we don't stop it, and um, it, was, it was wonderful news. And then the next morning, I uh, was able to read the opinion. I've read it all 98 pages of it, and it is um, a wonderful opinion. Alito is 
Cliff Crystal cleared up uh, on the legal side of it. Um, that this was a wrongly decided decision from the very beginning. Uh, that the court was legislated from the, from the bench. Um, that it was uh, one of the worst. <coughs> excuse me, one of the worst decisions ever made by the Supreme Court. And um, he obliterates it. He, he, he doesn't just <laughs> return it. He obliterates it. And um, this this is great news. I, I, what flashed in my mind almost immediately was going to pro-life marches and seeing young people who are keenly aware by the fact uh, that that they uh, that they maybe a third or a quarter to a third of their generation people that were born that were <coughs> conceived the year they were conceived um, were not allowed to live. They're very aware of that, and uh, they carried signs that said, "We survived Roe. Roe won't survive us." Mm-hmm. And they have now been made prophets. Um, now, this does not outlaw abortion in the United States, unfortunately. Now, let me be very clear. What I want is a human life amendment to the Constitution of the United States that will guarantee unborn children all the rights and privileges that are guaranteed to born people in the, in the Constitution. But what it does is it puts this back to each state. Each state will now have to decide uh, under what terms abortion can take place. <coughs> and uh, I think what's going to be interesting over the next 10 years is to see what happens in states that pretty much ban most abortions and states like New York and California that allow are passing legislation to allow abortion up until the time the baby's already born. I believe you're going to see that God is going to judge, <coughs> excuse me, or he's going to judge those states. He's going to judge them harshly for their flagrant disregard for the sanctity of human life. Yes, I can see that happening, and that would uh, that would hopefully send a message. Uh, but it seems like we're really slow to pick up on the uh, the messages from God these days. Uh, Doctor Land, what did you make of the leak? I believe, it was a, I believe it was a desperate attempt by a liberal uh, person who works at the court, probably probably a, 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 a clerk, because um, a, a Supreme Court justice, if he did it or she did it, that's an impeachable offense. And I just don't think that any of the court members would do that on their own. Uh, the only justice I could think of in my lifetime that might have been foolish enough to do such a thing would have been William O. Douglas, who was about half loon. <laughs> um, the, uh, I think some very liberal um, clerk decided that he was going to try to sabotage this by leaking it and, and hopefully getting a backlash to it that would cause them to moderate it or to rescind it. Well, as you said, there is uh, Alito did a, a great job in the way he constructed his his uh, ruling. Uh, evidently, that's coming out in in June. Um, what what is the case that is made by the dissenters? If you were going to put on that hat, you had to make a case for abortion from the Constitution. How would that possibly be done? Well, the way they do it 
first thing they do is they say that this is settled law that uh, as a result of the of the um, um, it's been around so long that it's now settled law. So my response to that is uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, which uh, created separate but equal and 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 allowed Jim Crow was was um, decided in 1896. It was not overturned until Brown versus the Board of Education in 1954. It's a longer time between Plessy and Brown than it was between, and it has been between Roe and today. And uh, it's never too late to do the right thing. Uh, I think that 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 position just won't hold water. Um, secondly, you know they, they they make they make these absurd arguments that that this um, denies women equality. Well, a majority of the babies who are aborted are women, girl babies. So. Uh, it, first of all, it gives girl babies the most basic right of, uh, of all, the right to like, the right to live. Mm-hmm. Last night I heard this absurd argument by this woman who was saying, well, this is going to hurt the economy because you have so many women in the workforce that will, will not be able to participate fully in the workforce because they're going to be pregnant. Well, first of all, whatever damage may be done by women temporarily withdrawing from the workforce, would have been more, far more uh, compensated for by the by the 65 million babies that have been killed and their contributions to the workforce since 1973. <laughs> yeah, for sure, um, Doctor Land. Why is abortion such a sacred cow for the left? Well, it's interesting you should use that language because they actually call it a sacrament. Hillary Clinton has called it a sacrament. Um, to me, it's sacrilegious. Um, it is, uh, I believe that, um, that they, women, a lot of women on the left see abortion as their way of behaving as badly as men do without consequence. Um, it relieves them of any, any continuity between sexual activity and reproduction. Um, and I believe it's also, it is, it is demonic. I think the devil cackles with glee every time uh, one of God's babies is killed. Because God is involved whenever conception takes place. Make no mistake about that. You may have been you may have been a surprise to your parents, but you were not a surprise to God. Mm. Well, the scripture I read from Psalm one oh six, um, they sacrifice their their children to demons. Um, and the land was polluted with blood. Uh, do you see, is it too much of a stretch to say that's exactly what we're doing in America today? No, I, I think it's, it's apt. Um, I think that um, a lot of the people that are involved in it don't know it. They don't know that they're in the, in the grip of the neurotic. They've had their consciences seared. Romans 1 talks about the most, the most impressive thing about sin is its ability to beget more and more sin. And so um, I think that uh, at, at ever greater sin. So, you know, you think about New York State passing legislation that allows abortion up until the time the baby's fully born. And there's a standing ovation in the legislature when they do this. Now, those are people whose moral consciences have been seared and their moral compasses have been demagnetized. 
it's it, it's just horrific. I watched that um, when that came out, and I just couldn't believe it. How how could these women cheer that? Um, it, it, you those are not uh, those are not no. stupid people. No, Romans one says that the, uh, it, part of the downward spiral of sin is that people become without natural affection. That word for natural affection is the Greek word for the natural love that a mother has for a child. That is a result of ever greater sin. You have mothers who don't even care about their own babies. It is just shocking, and it's uh, it's horrific. And as you said, that this is going to bring the judgment of God. It's amazing to me. It just shows the patience of God that God hasn't judged America already. What would you say about that? Well, I think God has judged America already. Um, I think Bill Clinton was a judgment of God on America. I think Jimmy Carter was a judgment of God on America. I think that Joe Biden and Barack Obama are a judgment of God on America. Uh, I think that the only reason he hasn't judged us more harshly is because we've stood up for the for unborn babies to the extent we have. Now, let's be, more, let's be very clear about one thing. The United States is one of only eight countries in the world that allows abortion legally after 20 weeks. The only, one of eight countries, including China and North Korea. No nation in Europe allows abortion no nation in Europe, west of Russia, allows abortion after 15 weeks. So we are, we are, a, we are far more primitive and uncivilized than the rest of the civilized world when it comes to abortion. Hmm. That is really something. We're talking to Dr. Richard Land. We're talking about the issue of abortion in the Supreme Court and the the leaked report that. Uh, the high court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade, which is a great, great victory for Christians and for those who love life and love pro-life uh, uh, causes and the, the right to life for the unborn. We're going to be coming back and talking about what this means and what we're going to see in the days ahead if indeed this becomes the uh, the new law of the land. You're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too, the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call Right now, and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 
833-44-BIBLE. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap Weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Washington Watch. This is a crisis of our own making, and that hard-nosed determination to not admit it for political reasons is just really, truly disheartening. Yeah, I I don't want to beat a dead horse, but on this particular issue, the contrast between the policies of the two administrations could not be sharper. As I've mentioned here on the program many times, I was at the border a little over a year ago. It was like a ghost town. Weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evenings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Welcome back to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm talking to Dr. Richard Land, the host of the daily radio program, two-minute program, Bringing Every Thought Captive, and President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary. We're talking about abortion in the Supreme Court. So, Dr. Land, let me ask you, uh, what do you think is going to happen in America as far as the the response (coughs) from the left uh, if this indeed becomes the the ruling, well, they have fundamental disrespect for our institutions, fundamental disrespect for our country, and so they will um, they will assault the Supreme Court physically and verbally. They will assault state legislatures. Um, uh, this makes the state legislative elections extremely important because it's going to be decided <coughs> in state legislatures all over the country. And you're going to see um, very liberal abortion laws passed in places like California and Massachusetts and New York and Washington, D.C. And you're going to see very conservative um, uh, abortion laws passed in places like Texas and uh, Alabama and Mississippi and uh, Utah. Um, and uh, it, will, it, will, uh, it will be uh, a, a battle that will take place um, one individual at a time across the country. Now, without the without this this new ruling in June, um, states still had their they still had the right to ban abortion in their state if they wanted to. Is that correct? No, 
No, they could only they could ban certain things. Um, they they could not um, do anything about abortions um, that were prior to uh, the third trimester. Um, first and second trimester, Supreme Court said that um, there could be no restriction on abortion. Um, and so there there are a lot of states who would like to have done far more to restrict abortion, which couldn't do so because of the Supreme Court ruling. Now they are free to enact much more restrictive measures. If if you were a Supreme Court justice and you were in the majority and you were saying, yes, we need to overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, how would you prepare yourself and your family for the backlash? Well, I would do my duty and uh, trust God uh, to take care of the rest. Yeah, very good. Um do you see, with the leak, do you see this causing some of those justices to change their their opinion? Uh, not enough. Um, I've always thought, from the, from the time of the oral argument, that, that we had five votes. We had the Trump three, plus Thomas, plus Alito. So... The, the key thing about Amy Coney Barrett being confirmed is that we no longer needed John Roberts. John Roberts is the one who has been statute for that might go wobbly. Um, because I think increasingly John Roberts has become more concerned about the court than he has about the Constitution. And I think that, that he, he has been intimidated. Barack Obama intimidated him into changing his ruling on Obamacare. There's no question about that. He, he intimidated Roberts to the place where Roberts changed his own opinion and um, allowed Obamacare to be constitutional. <laughs> but right now, I don't. I, I think the three Trump people, plus Thomas and Alito, are, are unshakable. That's five votes, and all you need is five votes. What? Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh the three conservative justices that are there because Donald Trump was president. Um, Dr. Land, as you know, you have a lot of uh, influential, well-known Christian leaders that, that were very anti-Trump, um, you know, couldn't, couldn't support him because of his, his life and his, his baggage and the things that he's said and, and uh, as one guy told me, uh, we like what Trump does. We don't like what Trump says. Um, how do they? How do they dance around this now? Well, it depends on each one. Plus, I would quibble. I would quibble with your description that a lot of influential Christian leaders, some, some Christian leaders. Okay, I'll um, give you that. You know, among Southern Baptist Christians, well, there were three groups. There were the Never Trumpers, the enthusiastic Trumpers. And the reluctant Trumpers, and the vast majority of Southern Baptists were reluctant Trumpers. They they did what I did. They voted for Mr. Trump as the lesser of two evils. And um, looking at Hillary Clinton and looking at Donald Trump, there's no question that Donald Trump was the lesser of two evils. And uh, he actually turned out to do a better job as president than I thought he would. Um, but I, I was in the room talking to him when he was talking to the pastors about the abortion issue, and and it was clear to me that he was genuinely 
pro-life, and he was going to take pro-life stances and make pro-life actions. Do you th- do you think, um, and I was at that meeting in New York, I wasn't in the inter-meeting that you were in, but uh, do you think Trump, um, you know, based on his lifestyle, he, he, he doesn't seem like a guy that would really align himself with Christianity, but he he did so much in his presidency. Who was influencing him in that way? Well, I think Donald Trump um, increasingly over the last years of his life has been moving in the direction of what I would call traditional American moral values. Now, whether he's doing that because of, of um, he believes Jesus is the Savior, whether he believes Jesus is my Savior, is a question that I would have to have a pastoral discussion with him to be able to answer. You know, uh, I have no doubt, for instance, that George Washington believed that Jesus was the Savior, but I don't know that he, was, he believed he was his Savior. Um, he, you know, you got to make it first-person personal, first-person singular to make it um, um, salvific. And that's a question that, that uh, takes a little conversation uh, with people. Um, but I think that Trump, um, I, I, I know for a fact that Trump's position on abortion came out of a personal experience um, with um, a young woman that um, he knew um, the parents wanted to abort and they didn't. And turned out to be a remarkable young woman, a wonderful, talented girl. And, and he was just astounded that, you know, people were going to abort this baby. And it, it, it changed his uh, position. Hmm. Well, he, uh, you know, a lot, a, lot, a lot of people like went to college with a pro-choice until they became parents. <laughs> yeah. Then they, they were not pro-choice anymore. Well, did you see the movie Dr. Land Unplanned, the Abby Johnson story? Um, to me, anyone, if you have an open mind at all, it would be impossible, in my opinion, to watch that and and not be affected by it. Well, unless you've had your conscience seared by sin. Remember, Romans 1 talks about sin begets ever greater sin. The place where they are without natural affection and they not only do evil things, they take pleasure in getting others to do them as well. Hmm. God has given them over to a reprobate mind. Yeah. Well, I saw uh, I saw Senator Warren almost in tears over the news, and uh, it, it's just sickening to to see people so committed to that. Um, I agree with you. They they have been given over to a reprobate mind, a mind that doesn't work anymore. But it's still, uh, it's still, I think, shocking to those of us who see this as so clearly black and white. Well, at one, at one very basic level, it is barbaric and uncivilized to allow any human being, even a mother, to have absolute right of life and death over another human being. Society has has a, an obligation to protect every human being. So the idea that a mother has the right to kill her unborn baby 
regardless of what her partner or husband thinks, regardless of what society thinks, is barbaric and, and, and um, uncivilized. That's just horrible. Well, okay, now we're talking about if the the left is no doubt strategizing, okay, so if this goes into effect, uh, what are our next steps? We hear about court packing. Uh, we hear about ending the filibuster, those kinds of things. What, what do you see if you look in the, the crystal ball? What do you see them uh, doing as their next moves? Well, they're, they're going to try to um, court pack, and they're going to try to eliminate the filibuster. They don't have the votes, and they sure aren't going to have the votes after November. Yeah, after, after November, they're going to be they're going to be uh, they're going to be a, an endangered species. Um, but they, they'll try. They're going to try anything they can try, um, including demonstrations, including violence. Um, and we just have to refuse to be intimidated. Right. Um, we're going to we're going to uh, live by the rule of law. Okay, so so tell our listeners why those the, the court packing and the ending the filibuster. <laughs> why are those those key and why would those be disastrous for America? Well, the court packing would be disastrous because, you know, Franklin Roosevelt tried this back in the 1930s and it was rejected because it would mean that when the Democrats come in, they would add, add justice until they had a majority. <coughs> when the Republicans come in, they'd add justice until they had a majority. And so the Supreme Court would cease to be an independent institution. It would become a, a, a function and a vehicle of the of the legislative branch. That's not what our Constitution says it should be. And when it comes to the filibuster, uh, I have been for many years a supporter of ending the filibuster when it came to traditional nominees. Because you can't you can't confirm sixty percent of somebody. You have to confirm them or you don't confirm. But um, the filibuster does uh, an admirable job of causing cooler minds to prevail when it comes to legislation. Because you can you can legislate sixty percent or something, seventy percent or something. The analogy I've always liked is, is that in the House you get past legislation. And then it goes to the Senate and that's where you pour the coffee you pour the coffee into a into a saucer and let it cool. And you have it you look at it and say, okay now what are the ramifications of this? And uh, do we want to pass this whole thing or do we want to pass three quarters of it or two thirds of it or another? I think it it is beneficial when it comes to legislation. So we have tomorrow, Thursday, May fifth, is the National Day of Prayer. Uh, Doctor Land, how do you think Christians, in light, especially in light of this news, how do you think Christians should be praying uh, as this moves forward? Well, first of all, you, we need to stop and praise God for the victory that's been won. Um, and we need to pray for um, his um, providential protection for the, the justices and for those who have been fighting for the pro-life cause. I mean, as I said, I've been fighting for this since 1973, and I spent a lot of time trying to get Samuel Melito uh, confirmed. And I feel very, very good about that. And um, I, um, I think that we need to at least pause for a moment and smell the roses and, and give gratitude to God. And, and I'm praying that since they leaked this, we don't wait till June to issue it. Let's issue it on Mother's Day. <laughs> mm. uh, would that, that would be, be good? That would be great. <laughs> why, do, why do they wait so long? If it's already written, what are they waiting on? 
well, they may be discussing various paragraphs, various phrases. Um, but normally, when it's a very controversial decision, um, they wait till June, the last week in June, because they, they, they adjourn on June 30th, and they get out of Dodge. They don't come back like Labor Day. And so they, they issue their most controversial opinions June 30th, and then they, 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 they get out of Dodge. They leave town. Hmm. Well, I, I would imagine we're going to have a lot of violent demonstrations, a lot of burning cities, the, the things that we saw during the Trump administration. Um, do you see it playing out any differently than that? Well, I don't think we have burning cities, but we, we probably ought to enhance the um, security around our churches and around our state legislatures. So you think the violence is going to be more toward individuals rather than people just tearing stuff well, church, up? Churches aren't individuals. And state legislatures aren't individuals. But state legislatures are where this, where this, this, this battle goes now. It leaves the courts and goes to the state houses. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Do you think that the Supreme Court justices were, are going to be in danger? Well, they have security and they need it. Now, Dr. Land, do you uh, do you know any of these people on the Supreme Court personally? Well, I you know how do you define no? Um, I have met um, and had conversations with Thomas, and I have met and had conversations with Alito, <laughs> and I have met uh, Roberts, and um, let's see. Um, I've not met any of the Trump three. Yeah. Would you say that uh, other than Clarence Thomas is an outspoken Christian, are any of those others outspoken in their faith? Well, Amy Coney Bryant is certainly. Um, um, and Sam Alito is a very, very dedicated Catholic. Um, yeah. As, as is a, um, I have a, a friend I work with at the Christian Post. Getting a master's degree at Catholic University, he says that almost daily, Mrs. Alito, Catholic shrine, they're praying for her husband. Amen. So um, he, he's very, he's very devout Catholic. Amen. Um, I don't know about sort of some of the others. We're talking to Dr. Richard Land on Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net.
The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. Fidgeting, being loud, having trouble staying seated, running or climbing when it's not appropriate. (laughs) That sounds like a boy. We used to consider these normal behaviors for young boys, but now they're listed as symptoms of ADHD. Attention disorders are certainly real, but in some cases, what if instead of changing our boy's behavior, we adjusted our approach as adults? For instance, too much screen time, not enough exercise can make it hard for your son to sleep at night. In turn, being tired can make it hard for him to focus during the day. What if you turned off all screens after dinner, took a family walk before bed instead? You and your son will both reap the benefits. To learn about raising boys to be healthy, godly men, go to TrailLifeUSA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Learn more at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. In the book of Isaiah, the word tells us the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. In the same way, without careful planning, your financial goals could blow away like the seeds of a dandelion. It's never too early or too late to consider how a charitable gift annuity can help you meet the financial goals you've set for your loved ones, your causes, and yourself. Give AFA Foundation a call at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit our website, afafoundation.net. Let us explain how a charitable gift annuity can help you achieve your goals. As we read in Proverbs, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Our phone number again is 800-326-4543, extension 345. And our website is afafoundation.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. Psalm 106, verse 32 and following, says that Israel provoked God to wrath at the waters of Meribah so that it went hard with Moses on their account. Remember, he hit the rock twice. Because they were rebellious against his spirit, he spoke rashly with his lips. They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them, but they mingled with the nations and learned their practices and served their idols, which became a snare to them. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with the blood. Provoking God to wrath, being rebellious against His will, His word, and His ways, That's what we've been doing in America, especially on the issue of abortion. And Thursday, tomorrow, is the National Day of Prayer. So we've been talking to Dr. Land about these issues, uh, abortion and the Supreme Court, the upcoming Supreme Court decision. And Dr. Land, let's get back to the uh, National Day of Prayer. Uh, I know you're a, a student of history and have a degree in history. As you look back through the history of world powers, Assyria and Babylon and Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, uh, how did they view uh, human life? How did they view uh, an unwanted child? Uh, What kind of abortion practices and uh, child sacrifice and just throwing babies away, what did they do when they didn't want a child? They all had 
they all they all were very pro-abortion and pro-infanticide. Um, even Rome, even Greece and Rome, um, Will and Ariel Durant and their history of Roman civilization to say that that um, after the first girl baby was safely born into a into a family, often subsequent girl babies were just abandoned to die of exposure. Um, that's the world that Christianity came into. The only society in the ancient world that did not practice infanticide and abortion was Jews. And the reason is that their God, who is the one true God, had condemned it. And it made it clear to them that whatever conception took place, that he was involved, and that human life was sacred. And uh, that that uh, belief transferred over to Christianity. <laughs> and when Christianity became the um, largest faith in the Roman Empire, abortion ceased. First post-apostolic teaching of the Christian faith called the Didache, which came out in, in 134 AD, said that um, abortion was murder most foul, was beyond um, acceptance for anyone who named the name of Christ as Savior. Mm. That's a uh... That's great. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that. It was one thirty four. One thirty four A.D. The Didache. Oh, good. It was the first post apostolic teaching of the faith that had um, some authoritative power. It was not like the Bible, but it was. It was authoritative, and and um, they were in a world now. You understand that by seventy A.D. when Jerusalem fell, there were probably twenty thousand Gentile Christians for every every Greek every Hebrew Christian. It had become a Gentile church, mm-hmm. and these Gentiles had all been raised with abortion as normal and, and, and just everyday routine. But when they accepted Christ and they began to understand the teaching of the Scriptures, they became pro-life. Amen. Well, as we pray on, uh, on Thursday, obviously we're praying every day for America, but uh, Dr. Land, what would be some things that you would encourage people? We do want to give thanks and praise to the Lord for this upcoming uh, decision by the Supreme Court. Uh, what are er- other areas in America that you see need uh, or are in desperate need of prayer? Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, we are beset by um, a multitude of sins. Um, Sexual immorality, pornography, sex trafficking, um, uh, worshiping ourselves. The most practiced religion in America today is narcissism. And the the unholy trinity is I, myself, and me. Um, Mm -hmm. We must have, we must, to to survive and to flourish, we must have a heaven-sent revival. Now, a revival is when God's people get right with God. You've got to revive before you can be revived. And then when we get revived, lost people notice the difference, and they want to know what happens when we get to tell them. And they start getting saved. If enough of them get saved, we have an awakening. And if the revived people and the awakened people apply the truth of Scripture to society, you can get a reformation. And that's what we've got to have. And it's going to come that way. It won't come from Washington. That'll be a reformation, then an awakening, then a revival. It's going to start with a revival, then an awakening, and then a reformation. So the future of America is being determined. One person at a time, one family at a time, one church at a time, all across our country. Hmm. Well, we desperately need that. And uh, 
That happens when, uh, exactly right, when we cry to God, when we see how sinful we are, how desperately we need him. Uh, and as believers, when we, when we get right, um, it's so easy, just as, as the scripture says in Psalm 106, they, they mingled with the nations. Uh, compromise is just such a, such a prevalent thing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and in um, the life of so many Christians. Uh, Dr. Land, talk about the, the dangers of compromise and, and letting the world squeeze you into its mold, as it says in Romans chapter 12. Uh, what do you see yeah. there? Well, that's my favorite scripture passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, as you present your bodies a living sacrifice, um, which, is your, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may discover what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, notice that you, you, you let God transform you. We don't transform ourselves. It's a passive in the, in the Greek. We are to be, be still and, and to say, Lord, here I am. Send me where you want to send me. I'll do what you want to do. I won't do what you don't want me to do. And he then transforms you. Um, that's that's uh, what we have to have. And I must tell you, as someone who was born right after World War II, grew up in the evangelical church, I would never have believed that we could have gone from 16% of the population to 35% of the population. And our country would be worse off in virtually every way except two. We're better in race relations than we were in 1955. We're better on um, protecting women from abuse than we were in 1955. But in virtually every other way, we're more immoral. Instead of being salt and light, we've allowed our society to salt and light us. It's a, it's a terrible thing. You know, Jesus said, if the salt loses its its savor, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. <clears throat> so, Dr. Land, if, if we look at the church today and say, okay, we've gotten so polluted, like the salt would get polluted with gypsum, we've gotten so polluted that we've lost our, our savor, we've lost our saltiness. Uh, how do we get that back? Well, we we come back to the foot of the cross, and um, we we let Him be Lord of our lives, not just Savior. That means He's boss. That means we're going to live according to the dictates of uh, of His teachings. That we're going to march to the beat of a different drum, and we're gonna we're gonna follow what He says, not what the world says. And that's the kind of church that can become. Salty salt and brilliant light. Would you say that uh, the church in America today needs uh, needs the truth to bring conviction much more so than they need just to be encouraged in, in uh, God loves you, God has a plan for your life, and that kind of thing? Well, of course, I, I certainly believe that God loves each of us, that God has a plan for our lives. But disobeying God and ignoring God has consequences. And um, God's plan for our lives is going to put us at odds with the world um, um, more than occasionally. <laughs> we're going to have to decide which one we're going to follow. Um, everybody has an ultimate authority in their life, whether they think they do or not. Everybody has an ultimate authority. For many Americans, it's themselves. 
But for Christians, it's supposed to be the Word of God. If I have an experience that contradicts the Word of God, then my experience is wrong. And the Word of God's right. right. The one thing the devil can't counterfeit is the Word of God. No, he can't. When I started From His Heart Ministries, the, the theme of From His Heart Ministries was no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, God still loves you. He still has a plan for you. It's kind of a prodigal son approach. You can come home. You can leave the pigsty. You can come home and find the Father's arms open wide. But as I, that was in 2005. As I th- see things today, I really have—I uh, still believe that, but I really see that the need is— to speak the truth in love, because it seems to me, and correct me if you think this is wrong, but it seems to me people today, uh, they want to sin, and and, uh, how dare you say that that's sin? How dare you say what I'm doing is wrong? And so it's, it's not, there's not a sense of I'm in sin, I'm at the pigsty. There's just this sense of entitlement, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Well, it's, it's, um, it's, um, Yes, it's self-adulation, self-idolatry, um, and they become the ultimate authority in their lives. And so, you know, they believe the Bible's inspired in spots, and they're inspired to spot the spots. It's what my Tim Page Patterson calls down-making theology. Um, <laughs> and, and that's never going to be blessed by God. Uh, we're going to be under Scripture and to be convicted by Scripture. Um, but I certainly believe that, that God, um, you know, if you find yourself in a place where you've messed up, um, God is disappointed at that, but he's not surprised. And he already has a plan to bring you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Um, that doesn't mean sin doesn't have consequences. I know men who've, who've uh, fallen and been, and been restored uh, to, their, um, to a right relationship with, with the Lord, but they have forfeited certain things. Uh, they're not going to be able to pastor a church because of their past indiscretions. Um, you know, Paul said, um, I struggle to keep my body under subjection, lest having preached to others, I myself should be stamped, disapproved, and put on the shelf. And maybe this is his salvation, but he could have lost his apostleship. Well, that's a scary verse for all of us who preach the gospel, for sure. And uh, we definitely don't want to uh, be counted as unapproved and lose our position uh, Dr. Land, you might have remembered my pastor, Damon Shook, and uh, oh, yeah. he he, uh, he mentored me, and I remember he and I had a conversation once, and he said, you know, guys that mess up morally and then are out, he said, you know, you, you have, you still have that call from the Lord, and there's still a burning in your bones, but you have forfeited the right to to get that out. Um, that's a That's a high price to pay. For messing up in, uh, yes, in choosing and I, your way. And I, Go ahead. <coughs> it doesn't, I think that it it doesn't mean they can't do prison ministries or they can't um, do um, evangelistic work, but they have forfeited the right to occupy the sacred office of pastor. Yes, because because it, there's a <coughs> relationship between the pastor and the church members that is sacred. Um, I have a close relative whose whose pastor was involved in some immorality. And I was with my my, uh, relative about 30 minutes after he found out. And he said, you know, I think this is what it would feel like 
and I found out my wife was unfaithful to me. And I think that's that 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 it is that intimate a relationship. It's a devastating thing for sure, and a wake-up call to pastors. Well, you know, Dr. Land, as we talk about revival and the desperate need for revival, it really starts in the pulpits, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's the pulpits and the prayer closet. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that many uh, get together tomorrow for the National Day of Prayer at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. We're going to meet at 645. We were going to meet outside, but it looks like rain is in the forecast uh, 99% chance the last now, I checked. Is that 6.45 a.m. or 6.45 p.m.? That's 6.45 a.m., and we have breakfast, and then we will pray. That's uh, definitely <coughs> not a, a prayer and fast because we're going to have some breakfast there, but we're just going to gather for about 45 minutes and pray for America. And we're going to praise, praise God it. for this, and, and we're going to keep moving forward. Dr. Land, we have about a minute. What would you like to say in closing? Let's Let's rejoice over this victory. Uh, it is a tremendous victory. But um, the war is not won. We need to rededicate ourselves to um, finishing the course that we've been called to fulfill. Amen. Amen. Continue to be vigilant. Continue to pray. And we always uh, close out the broadcast, or most of the time, we talk about two words shine and share. Shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Let's speak the truth in love. Let's stand up and be soldiers of the cross. Dr. Land, thank you so much for being my special special guest today. We pray God's blessings upon your life and ministry. Hey, make it a great day. Serve your king. And I will be with you again tomorrow as we welcome Tim Lee and we pray for America.